Welcome to another episode of Stevenson's Mind. And in today's episode, I wanted to talk about the three worlds. These are three worlds, as I see, that exist right now in this moment of time, in this present sense. There can be more worlds as we evolve. Um, there can also be other worlds that you can add to this perception. But for my purposes, I see three worlds that form a base. And we'll get a little bit into each of these worlds. And it's important because at the end of the day, you want to know, are you controlling your world or is your world controlling you? And that's really important because if you want to be productive in life, if you want to execute on your vision, if you want to find your purpose and not only find it, but see your purpose through to its highest quality, then you have to be as efficient as possible with mastering and balancing these three worlds. Because if you don't, then it comes down to will. And what's going to happen is these worlds will take over your will and you have to will over these worlds. You absolutely have to. Because if you don't, it's a law of survival. If you study Dianetics, one of the main outlying tenets of Dianetics is survival. Either you take over something or something overtakes you. And it's as basic as that. And there's no sugarcoating it. That's the, the truth. That's the natural way of things. And the motivation and the reasons as to why that might happen doesn't really concern survival. It's one over the other. So these three basic worlds that I'm talking about are the external world, the internal world, and the media world. And it's as simple as that. Every day, every moment, we're dealing with these three worlds. We go into them, we come out of them, we go into awareness of them, we're not aware of them, and we really have to know what the strengths and weaknesses are of all these three worlds and use them to the best of our ability. And I'm not saying that any one of these worlds is good or bad in terms of an extreme. I'm just saying that you have to be aware of what these worlds contain. And just like with everything, like one of my good friends said once, moderation in moderation. So if we start with the external world, so what is that? So the external world is everything that you see outside of yourself. So that's what your eyes actually look at and translate information in, into your brain to process and make sense of, of what the outer reality is. Now, the external world can be anything and everything, uh, but most commonly it could be things like what's in nature, right? So if you go out into nature, what do you see? You see the water. Water could be from waterfalls. Water could be from a babbling brook. Water could be from a lake. It could be from a river. It could be from an ocean. You see mountains. You see hills. You see valleys. You see forests. You see trees. You see parks. You see cliff sides. That's nature, right? The bare essence of what earth is. You see temperatures that have snow. You see temperatures that have you know, desert. And you see temperatures that are, are moderate. And you know, because of those temperatures, you have certain landscapes that, that have developed. You see brutal temperatures like volcanoes. 
and areas that humans cannot get into under caves, some areas that have been cordoned off to humans that they don't want any sort of violation to the natural setting of the of the place so that we don't disturb it, that we try to keep it as pure as possible. So that's nature, right, of the external world. If you come closer into, you know, cities or towns, you know, take your own house. That That's an external world. I mean, you live in your house, but it's external to your body. So your house will, you know, consist of maybe one room or many rooms. You know, if you're living in a, in a hut versus living in a, a billionaire mansion, you know, the quality of the decor, um, you know, the, the structure, how the architect has designed the house, all of that is part of your external world. It gives you meaning. You know, how messy or clean you keep your house, that's also subject to stress, right? Um, your house also includes your backyard. If it's a, a big backyard or a small one, if it has grass, if it has stones, like patio stones, if it has a swimming pool, if you've got kids, if it's got a playground. So that's the external world in terms of your house, you know, the, the layout and the design and, and you know, the structure. Um, you know, if you go to work, we traditionally spend, you know, eight hours of our day at work. Uh, so if you work in an office versus if you work in a retail setting versus if you work outdoors, you know, where's that time spent in, in the external reality? Uh, you know, you, the people you actually associate with on a daily basis. If you look at, uh, if you have an office, the cubicle that you might have, or do you have a personal office to yourself? Or are you working, you know, like in a, a Facebook setting where it's just one big hall with shared workstations on a desk? You know, co-sharing is quite popular these days. If you're in a, the retail business, if you work in a convenience store, or if you work in a restaurant, you know, what sort of environment, what sort of setting are you dealing with? You know, if it's a franchise restaurant, they each have a certain look. McDonald's has a certain look. Burger King has a certain look. KFC, Taco Bell, you know, it's all part of the branding, right? And advertising and marketing. So that's your external reality. If you work in a retail store in a mall, you know, what are you subject to seeing every day? You're subject to seeing maybe ads, you know, fashion ads enticing you to come in. If you work on a street, you know, that's known for its its tourism or, again, its retail, um, you know, what are you seeing there? You're seeing a slew of stores, big signs, lots of lighting, seeing lots of sales ads, right? Everyone trying to get you to come to their store, you know, choose my store as opposed to the others. What's the competitive edge there? I mean, if you go to Vegas, what's uh, the external reality there with all the casinos? And it's not just crude casinos, right? Buildings with gaming machines inside of them. Each hotel has a theme uh, in Vegas, you know, with uh, a European theme, a New York, New York theme, an Egyptian theme with, with Luxor. And, you know, if you go to the old school Vegas, um, you know, many years back, things like Tropicana, you know, very sort of regular, you know, looking hotels uh, compared to today. When you go inside, when you go into the wind, you know, what does that look like? If you go into the Bellagio, you know, What's that external world there? So it's really important to take note of your external world, where you are, what the setting is, and what is it doing to you? What you know, how is it appealing to your senses? Because your senses are responsible for taking in this information and translating it 
and making sense of what the world is. And, you know, if you look at the, the sense of light perceived by the eyes, you know, what are the colors that you're absorbing? Are they good colors? You know, what's the psychology of the colors? What's the emotion that the colors are giving you? If it's pink versus black versus a bright red, um, you know, look at the sounds. You know, what is the, the world that you work or live in? What are the sounds that you hear? If you're a construction worker, you'll be hearing construction sounds all day. You know, it might be noisy over a period of time. If you're working in a factory, it could be the same. It might be timed if you're an assembly line. You might have a metronomic sound. If you're a musician, you're working with music all day, right? That's that's the audio world you're exposed to. If you're driving cars, working with cars, you know, the sounds of cars. If you're working in a restaurant, what are the smells you're getting appealing to the, you know, sense of smell of, of the food, you know, that's cooking in, in the kitchen that you're serving. Um, if you're working in a, a store, if you're selling perfume or cologne, what are the different smells that you're exposed to? If um, if you're in a setting where, you know, there's not a nice smell, maybe it's, you know, waste material that you're dealing with or, you know, a sewage or something like that. If, if you're exposed to that all day long, you know, what's the sense of taste that you're exposed to every day? Something, you know, that has a lot of sugar in it, something that has a lot of salt, something that has a lot of bitter. All of these are forming impressions in your mind, perceptions, touch, you know, the people that you work with, you know, the objects that you work with, soft touches, hard touches, spoo touches, rough touches, all of that, it perceives your world. It makes up the setting of your world. So that's your external world. Then you've got the internal world. Now, when you close your eyes and you sit in meditation, then you're getting into your external world right? You're shutting off. The moment you shut your eyes, you just shut off the external world in terms of sight. And sight is a lot of it. I don't know what the percentage is, but sight is a lot. The moment you close your eyes, you're closing down a lot of information that is being sent to you, conveyed to you. And you've got your ears. So unless you've got some active audio happening, chances are you won't be hearing much if you're silent in meditation. If you're in a room where the smell is neutral, that's not going to enhance or distract your sense of smell. If you're not eating anything, you know, your mouth doesn't have any food in it. You've got a neutral sense of taste. Touch is just your body if, you know, you've got your hands resting on your legs. So when you're sitting in meditation, even if you're sitting in silence with your eyes closed, you're getting into your inner world. And what constitutes your inner world, right? The thoughts that you have. Now you're more tuned to your thoughts. You know, they say in meditation, try not to stop your thoughts because it's like a river that's flowing. Just be the observer, be the witness, let your thoughts go through. If you get into your breath, you know, you can feel your breath, right? Now, when you've closed your eyes, you can start, you know, with meditation in terms of focusing by following your breath, right? Noticing the inhale, noticing the exhale. That's the best way to get into yourself. Just follow your breath. Take notice of your breath. You know, is it shallow? Is it deep? Is it coming from the diaphragm? Is it, you know, from the chest area only? Does it breathe your whole body like a baby's breath might do it? You know, it breathes its whole body. You know, get into the sounds of your body. The most, you know, the priority sound to go to is the heartbeat, right? Can you hear a heartbeat? Sometimes you might hear the sound of a, an organ sputtering. You know, what is that? Is it gas or, you know, what are the sounds in your body? Again, the feelings of your body, right? What does your body feel like? Do you have any pains? 
do you have any feel good spots? Do you have any tense, tight spots? You know, do you have loose spots? Feel where you're putting your pressure, right? If you're sitting as you, your pressure on the bottom of your foot, is the pressure on, you know, your, your forearms, are they resting on your legs? You know, try to neutralize your pressure, try to distribute it evenly. In Qigong, that's one of the standing positions is to neutralize your pressure in terms of distribution. So you're not just, you know, heavy on one foot. Sometimes if you sit in the car, are you sitting to one side? When you stand, are you standing on one side, leaning on one side? So get into your, your body, get into your mind, get into your spirit, your feelings, your emotions, you know, have a conversation with yourself. And beyond thoughts, you'll get into knowings. And this is my favorite one, knowings. These are just sort of things that you cannot speak, but you just sort of get a, a sense of knowing about. And that's a feeling and intuition of the truth. So that's your inner world. It's not from outside. It's all within. You know, get to know yourself. How do you feel? Do you trust yourself? Are you comfortable with yourself? Sometimes people aren't. That's why they numb themselves, right? With distractions of the outer world, with things of the outer world, like alcohol and drugs, etc. Be honest with yourself. What does your inner world feel like? And then we get into the what I call the media world. Now, this, you know, happened to be TV as I was growing up, then kind of got video games. Um, not for me personally, but, you know, I'm just talking in general what the outlets are. Um, I wasn't a, a very big uh, video gamer. Um, but, you know, I did watch TV. I, I like to watch TV while eating a meal. So I was more TV than, than video games. And nowadays, you know, what is the screen for us? It's our phone, isn't it? Our phone is drastically taken over TV and video games. It's, it's become our go-to guardian angel, right? Can't leave the house without it. You'd rather leave the house without your keys and your wallet than your cell phone. And, you know, it's a relationship that we form that's, that's you know, very strong. It's, it absorbs us. And sometimes it takes us away from, from loved ones. You know, we see a lot of memes with parents on their phones while their children are trying to, you know, get presence and attention from the parents, which are important for children. So the only two things they want is attention and presence. You know, what is the, the phone doing to you, right? When, when you're locked in, do you have control of the phone? Does the phone have control over you? When you hear that ping, which is an alert, or you see that red alert, you know, do you have the discipline to, to wait or do you have to check the message right away? Look at all the apps you have, right? Each app is for, you know, a different category in your life. Are they controlling you or are you scheduling your apps in a timetable? Are you a victim to your phone or do you have the strength and discipline to organize how you're going to use your phone, how much time you're going to give it? You know, are you connecting to people through your external world or are you connecting to people through your phone? You know, is there pros and cons of, of one or the other? You know, I've got people in different parts of the world who are friends that, you know, I knew from my elementary days that before we might have spoken once in a blue moon, you know, using a calling card it would have been a long talk. But now we can pretty much speak every day with, you know, the apps we have for communication, such as WhatsApp. And not only speak, we can do audio calls, video calls, we can send pictures, we can send videos, we can have conversations every day. It's like they never left. You know, it's like they're not far off. They're not across the ocean or, you know, in a different continent. It's like they're right there in the phone. So what does that do to the relationship? Does it make it closer? 
or you know do you take it more for granted do you not talk about as you know sort of important as much as you know important topics that that you might have when you were doing those you know long distance calls on the calling card because you knew you had that limited time so you know you you spoke about the important things and you know does it make for you know a balance of missing a person and then catching up you know when you when you call them so you know when you you get on one of those social media sites say for example facebook and you're scrolling through do you have control of you know the content that you're watching or does the scroll have the control and you know it's feeding you different things you know the ai algorithms in the back are forever analyzing and you know trying to see what is it that you're clicking on the most you know what are your preferences what don't you like you know how can they lead you to sell you something how can they lead you to control the information you know that they want you to see rather than what you should critically want to see you know that's really important because that is what really forms your impression of the world right and your world view what you know the impression that you form is really important for you know growing up in the world and making sense of things and doing the things that you want to do you have to have control over it you cannot let something else dictate to you now i'm not saying you know the phone's bad or you know that the inner world is bad because the inner world can be bad for some people right like they shut their eyes and they close off the external world and they're into themselves and you know it's very easy to you know uh, there's that famous saying of the more i you know hang out and meet people again i'm paraphrasing but the more i you know get into people the more i love my dog right so you know and then the external world that's very easy to get distracted by and you know let that get a hold of you you know forever wanting to you know go to vegas or go to the stores and you know buy things and and look at things and not take care of yourself you know at the expense of the external reality so always you know be critical of what is the information that each of these worlds is giving you you know the external world the inner world the media world you know who's controlling the information who's telling you the information you have to decipher the information even the information you're getting from your internal world you have to make sense of it right you, your gut speaks to you, your intuition speaks to you if you follow the road you'll get to the truth but you have to be able to know how to, to to get there right you have to sort of follow the signs you really have to balance all three worlds i think because there's good and bad from each you know use the external world for manifestation of what the internal world is right and that's that's really important because if you look at what people have said a lot of what the outer world is is a representation of what your inner world is right i mean tr hecker says my inner world creates my outer world you know people say that your outer world is a reflection of your inner world right? and you think about it if you have a thought that thought manifests in reality right if you have a thought okay i want to make a hammer or this device called a hammer to hammer things you've thought about it in your mind and then you've used tools in the external world to create that product and then you've got a hammer which you can use for a nail so that hammer didn't exist till you actually conceived of the idea so if you look at everything that we've created in terms of you know buildings and tools and you know cars and you know 
that wasn't there before us, right? We actually conceived those things. So then who conceived the mountains and the rivers, you know, all of those things and the stars and the planets and the universe, right? So there's that pendulum between, you know, the outer world and the inner world. You know, use the inner world for guidance. Use the outer world for, you know, manifestation of, you know, your inner world calibration, you know, to, to make sure that what you're thinking, you know, comes out in, in reality. You know, it's, it's a great tool that we can use that way. Try not to be addicted to any of these three worlds. You know, like I said in the intro, moderation in moderation. You know, use each of them as you need to, you know, get in with life. And, you know, if you follow Alan Watts, it's it's all one big world, isn't it? I mean, if you look at the Big Bang, it's just one big energy form that's that's going, that's contracting and expanding. So at the end of the day, if you get the outer view, it's just one big movement of energy. But then when you bring it down into the, the micro, then we sort of have this division of these worlds. And how smart you play these worlds, you know, how well you play it will be a true judge of your emotions and your thoughts. And that's when the fun happens, when you apply discipline to that. And then you become the master and you control the three worlds. All right. And that's it for this episode. And I'll see you in the next one.